Yeah. Is this the the crew that had nothing to nothing better to do on Memorial Day weekend than pod? <laughs> I don't know. What do you miserably mean rainy Sunday? Uh, I, mean, I cleared my yeah, schedule for this. Exactly. This is a priority, man. What, Come on. What, yeah, true, what true. is better? What is yeah, better? Yeah, that is true. What is better? Um plus this weekend was terrible in terms of weather, right? I actually uh, John, what was it, what's it like in California? The weather's New York? amazing. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Of course. <laughs> Uh, so did you see Kamala Harris got in trouble because she called it the long weekend instead of Memorial Day and, and they said she was disrespecting their troops this is oh, so geez. stupid this is so stupid but it is a long weekend <laughs> yeah technically it is but then uh, it, it's like that stupid Merry Christmas Happy Holidays kind of bullshit oh my god dumb culture war mm-hmm. thing so I saw that and it was just ugh because Memorial Day is the day for the fallen troops right and then it's Veterans Day for the troops that are alive right Oh, okay. I didn't quite realize that distinction, but okay. yeah, yeah. Good point. So I think probably people are like, "Well, you know, you're disrespecting the dead." That's probably one of the. But I wonder, what if you're like an undead veteran? Where Where do you get your day? <laughs> do you get undead. to celebrate both. I don't think you should get the double dip. I think you mean you if should. you're a zombie? Yeah, like if you're a zombie, you know, like which which one should you count as? Mm-hmm. Or maybe every day is your day. If you're <laughs> right. a, with a zombie. Day. Yeah. <laughs> Halloween right. is your day. Mm. Mm-hmm. Uh, you got another day. You got too many days. Or yeah, you got too day. many days. Yeah, and uh, uh, Jong, I mean, this is kind of your fault for living in California, but uh, Millie, Adam, uh, looking forward to the weekend coming out. We're going upstate somewhere. I think. Oh yeah. Uh, oh. I, I don't know exactly <laughs> where, but I trust. I trust Teen to taking care of all that. So that's cool. I'm just gonna ride along. We're all gonna cook, which is gonna be very interesting. Because right. Millie, yeah. you're an amazing cook, and you, I think, often do most of that. But I think we're all taking charge of, of a dinner this time so i'm or one meal at least is it a yeah. secret like what you guys are going to prepare like oh no i don't think so. no i don't think we're doing some make... iron chef thing uh but <laughs> i was that nerd who put together a google sheet for people to fill out i really appreciate that that was yeah. uh, uh that was good but good hold on like everyone everyone here is a good cook though so i'm not adam I, i've never I've, tasted anything you've made i wouldn't say i'm a good cook i'm not awful i can follow directions and yeah, I, I you know, I can make certain cook. things. I can make certain things. So I, I think that's half of it. And I, I see that you're uh, you're signed up to make French toast on Sunday. Yeah. So my wife nice. signed me up for something that she feels confident that she or doesn't Saturday. have to do like ninety percent of. <laughs> I can do like you know, eighty percent of it. No, <laughs> it'll be good. It'll be good. Are you guys going to be in a cabin or are you going to be camping? Uh, well, no, we got a house. Oh, okay. Because okay. the cooking when you're camping is like a totally different. It's like oh a, yeah, that would be. Specialized yeah. set of cooking skills. Hot, hot dog yeah. on a stick type. Oh man, I would love to. I would love to have that. Escape from Plan A. Welcome, everyone, to another episode of Escape from Plan A. I'm your host, Chris. I love this lineup. Uh, we have uh, today, we've got Adam. What's up, Adam? Hello, everyone. Jong. What's up, Jong? Hi. And our, our very, very good friend, Millie. So good that we're not even going to call you a guest because uh, you're, you're just part of the family. Millie, what's up? Aw. <laughs> Hi, guys. Yeah, and it's Memorial Day weekend, and, you know, we, we're bringing this pod for you. This is kind of a last-minute thing because... We were supposed to do um, an unverified accounts episode about 
white the white tiger and gangs of wasipur but that's been pushed back a week so hey that gives you guys our listeners an extra week to watch and read uh those books slash movies so you can follow along with our episode <laughs> which will probably come out in the in the next week sounds more like a paper extension to me <laughs> uh, yeah nice. uh so, so anyway, uh, very glad to have this very cool crew together. I think it's our first time potting as a as a quartet, and you know we never have things. We never run out of things to talk about. There's always some crazy shit, uh, both big and petty. <laughs> uh, so why don't we just dive right into it? Um, Let's do it. So why should we start off with? Should we start off with this uh, John Cena thing? All right. Yeah. Yeah. Jump into the deep end. All right. Um, the the <laughs> TL. The TLDR of this thing is, okay, so apparently John Cena was off in China or, or East Asia promoting Fast 9. I don't know the exact title of that. But uh, he said in one interview that he referred to Taiwan as a country. And then um, later on, he had to go on Weibo. Is that how you say it? Or is it Weibo or whatever? The Chinese Twitter equivalent, Weibo. And he gave this uh, very heartfelt apology about, uh, you know, how he respects China. And, you know, he like, you know, didn't mean any disrespect. And then um, people in the U.S. got upset that, oh, he's like bending the knee to China, yada, yada, yada. Um, okay, but before we delve into this, do you guys have a favorite wrestler, like from when you were a kid or something? Yeah, well, I'm, I'll date myself with that. My favorite wrestler was um, the uh, Ultimate Warrior. Wow. Is he still alive? I feel like he might be dead. Uh, uh, he probably is dead. But it's, been more, it's become more of a franchise. Uh, and then, then just one person. So I feel like a couple of people have taken on that name, but like Captain America or something. Yeah. So in, um, unlike Hulk Hogan, which is just just the dude's name, Hulk Hogan, um, the Ultimate Warrior. Yeah. Let me, let me. Yeah. But he was my favorite. I liked his like colorful tassels and his his mask. And it was the era of um, a lot of wrestlers having masks. Oh. So I see. I see. Uh, John Milley. Well, I definitely don't have a favorite wrestler. Uh, are are you bringing this up because Cena was a wrestler? Yeah, John yeah, Cena's yeah. a wrestler. Yeah, yeah. okay. Wrestler. Um, did you know that? I mean, he's pretty famous as an actor now. People might not actually know that he, he right. was a very no, good wrestler. No, I just wrestler. kind of caught wind of it when I Googled uh, the story. Oh, I see. But did not uh, didn't know much about him coming in since I don't watch since I didn't watch wrestling and I don't watch the uh, Fast and the Furious movies. Mm-hmm. I was quite mm-hmm. out of the loop. What about you, Joe? Uh, I, I was not a huge fan of wrestling, um, but I think I think was it it I, like also I get monster truck racing kind of mixed up. So I think I was a fan of the Undertaker, and then there's also monster truck that's the Grave Digger. Yeah, oh, like yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So like I don't know. I don't. <laughs> I think I was. A, I think I went to like a monster truck racing thing and thought the Grave Digger was cool. Um, <laughs> yeah. And then, yeah. uh, and then probably because of that, I was like, oh, the Undertaker, you know, like probably is friends with the Gravedigger. <laughs> <laughs> or the Undertaker driving uh, the monster truck. Although they'd have to yeah. make the cabin extra big because he's huge. Um, yeah. I don't know. That's true. Yeah. Wasn't a huge fan of Hulk. Um, no, I wasn't either. But that's I did not like mainly like my, my memories having to do with wrestling have more to do with like kids that went to my school that were big fans of wrestling than wrestling itself, you know? And so my distaste for wrestling is more about those kids than. Oh yeah, bad yeah, association. Fair enough. Yeah. yeah, that makes sense. And that's why I don't like Hulk. Kurt Angle was my favorite wrestler. I loved. Oh Hulk. really? Yeah, he was such a good heel. I loved how he uh, always talked trash to the crowd. 
Uh, but anyway, um, all right, let's let's actually get into the the topic we were going to talk about. All right, so uh, what what are you guys' feelings on this? Um, we we saw people, especially on Reddit. I mean, this is exactly the type of thing that would make the typical uh, Reddit American guy really really upset. Because uh, John Cena, he's he was the Marine, and the Marine, he's he's our he's our he's our you know golden son, and there he is, not only apologizing to China but doing it in Chinese. I mean, I, I saw the video. Have, I don't know if you guys have actually seen it, but mm-hmm. John Cena kind of went viral uh, a few uh, years ago uh, because he had that uh, video in which he was talking about how much he loved the lagwan masas, and he spoke it in Chinese, and even Chinese people were like, you know what? His Chinese is pretty good, uh, and not just for a non-native speaker. Like, you know, he was pretty good, uh, and, and so he's like making this apology in, in Chinese, and it, it really does not seem like you know one of those corporate. You know, I'm sorry if I offended anyone. Uh, this goes against my values, that kind of thing. He seemed like really into it, and I think that really really upset a lot of people. So, what do you guys think? What, can I ask a quick question? Like, sure. What, what is the like? Why was he making a like? What was read as a statement about? him considering Taiwan a country or not? Like, what was the, was he just saying something on like a tweet of his or something? I think it was in an interview okay. uh, from the, from the, what I've read and, and seen of that. I think he was like giving some interview. I don't know if it was in Taiwan or something, but uh, he uh, apparently referred it to a country. Yeah. And, he was um, saying that uh, Taiwan would be the first country that F9 would be available to watch. Oh, Interesting. Which is like, in, in a sense, very like kind of who cares, right? Because, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. I mean, we, we probably call like Puerto Rico a country often just, you know, by a slip of our tongue. That's by true. country, we just mean, uh, a, you know, like a, like a some named kind of, territory. Some yeah. kind of state that is more right. than just a problem. I don't know, whatever <clears throat> but it is. But it's a little yeah. different with Puerto Rico. Americans don't want people to realize that, you know, that we've like colonized Puerto Rico and that it's a territory of ours. Yeah, Whereas it's like, also not uh, like you know. Also, uh, like China's not trying to you know pry Puerto Rico apart, and there's no like you know there's right. no history of of like civil war in America. It's not like the the South fled to Puerto Rico. Like that, that yeah. you're right. In a totally sure. different context. But I can easily see how someone, um, even like Chinese uh, loyalists, would accidentally say that just just of, you know in English. Yeah. But that that's the context and background. <laughs> uh, so, what what were your guys' reactions when you heard this story? Um, I. It, I just I find it um, incredibly I find it silly and just sort of uh, uh, the histrionics of it. I just feel I feel like the reactions are so outsized to how much the you know, the people who get upset like the, that I feel that they should care about it. Like and you know uh, American soft power and Amer like you know America has always had sort of like certain things that you couldn't do or say or whatnot. And people would apologize for sort of crossing our own cultural lines. So, um, you know, I find it just to be sort of really silly. Uh, and <clears throat> yeah, I mean, Cena's Cena's going to say or do what he thinks he needs to do or say um, so that, you know, he can continue to make money. Uh, and, you know, I think maybe he does have uh, some sort of affinity for, for China and his fans there. Uh, and certainly because he's learned <laughs> You know Mandarin. Uh, that's a, that's going a lot farther than I think a lot of other celebrities would go um, for other for like you know <clears throat> for their audiences. So um, so maybe he has a genuine sort of uh, you know uh, appreciation for the for China. So uh, I mean I don't I don't find it to be to mean much of anything. Yeah, uh, the whole thing struck me as 
strikes me as a bit of a comedy of errors. You know, it just kind of feels like everyone's fucked up um, on the studio side, including Cena. You know, firstly, if you're if you're working for a studio, if you're an actor working for a studio who is dead set on making massive profits on a movie in China, then you need to, you know, demonstrate that you have an understanding of Chinese culture and mm-hmm. a sensitivity to some of the issues. And so Cena clearly put his foot in his mouth. Mm-hmm. Sure. But I yeah. also think that the way he apologized was incredibly off-putting. Mm-hmm. Um I, I actually didn't see it as being very sincere. I saw it as being okay. quite calculated. Um, and it struck me as racist, I guess, you know? Uh, it seemed like he was, it, it was just, it was a very obsequious apology. Mm. And it seemed to me that someone, some PR, stupid PR person had told him, oh, you know, the Chinese want you to grovel. Yeah, so, you know, I... Uh, didn't like the tone of the apology. I didn't understand why. Although, Chris, I can see why you would say that it wasn't corporate. That's true. But it also struck me as just too, I don't know. He was like, I'm very, 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 very sorry. You know, Colbert made fun of it. I don't know if you guys saw that. I guess it. The there's like the the corporate type of apology, which is the, you know, I'm sorry if I offended anyone. The, the, you know, where, where they purposely try to, uh, as like another F you to the... Um, to the mm-hmm. people that they, like, they purposely, I'm sorry that you were so sensitive that you yeah, were offended and they, and they purposely like make sure that you see that they're reading it off a piece of paper <laughs> but then there's the other now very popular genre of apology which I think this is <laughs> uh, kind of like which is the YouTube apology where the influencers uh, cry and, and all that so okay I get what you're saying that there is this new form of you know so called corporate apology that this may have maybe mimicking I have no idea but yeah, yeah, but when I say corporate apology, I'm talking about the very stilted wooden uh, PR statement. Mm-hmm. But there is that also another isn't type- really an apology. Is that what you mean? Like, yeah, yeah. What, what bugs me about a lot of these apologies is that they're never, they don't feel very specific, you know. Mm. And I would put this apology in that category. Like, if you're if that's how you're going to apologize, then probably better just to not apologize. And I did read that like the some of the Chinese netizens were not happy with the apology either. Wait, wait, what were like, their, what were their problem? Uh, I didn't read exactly what their problems were with it, but I saw that, like, I saw a headline that he had to do it again. Like, he had to do another apology. <laughs> oh, man. An apology yeah, but, for the apology. Yeah. Yeah. And it oh, might, God. maybe, it, like, maybe it was because they sort of felt like he was just maybe uh. too overboard. Like, it was so, it was so apologetic that it, it bordered on, you know, inauthentic or just sort of unbelievable. Right. I like, mean, it's almost just sort silly, of, like insulting. It was very, um, I, I feel he's centering himself at this point and sort of like exaggerating his own importance. Mm-hmm. Like, does it really matter? I just kind of wonder, you know, if moviegoers in China really care what John Cena thinks about China. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. It's probably kind of obvious to them that John Cena is a dumb American actor, you know? He doesn't get China. He's not invested in China. He's not, you know, he doesn't know who China is or what China's about. Mm-hmm. He only knows what he needs to know to, you know, do these press tours. Like, okay, it's possible that some of his, like, diehard Chinese fans are disappointed or something. But in that case, I feel like they need a wake-up call, you know? Like, this guy is not in, in your, you know, in your camp. Yeah. I'm kind of along those lines. I think this is kind of like we're seeing what it's like for things to be reversed, right? Because as Americans, 
have long criticized, you know, foreign celebrities or foreign companies, you know, for not, um, not seeing things the way we do. Right. Uh, and expect them to like stick to our political values and our political positions, which we, you know, we know is kind of like a little ridiculous. Like, uh, you know, you might be able to expect like an American celebrity, I suppose, to like fully understand American issues and, and have a nuanced position or, or not even really like we've talked about this, right? Like we or get at least know how to toe the line, right? Yeah. Uh, you know, okay. Like one, I think, uh, I think Millie, you brought up a good point, which is like, okay, if th- this is a promotional tour. And so like, there should have been a PR person, uh, like working through all these points, um, seeing that it could like, foreseeing that it could be an issue, right. And give them talking points, things not to say this and that. And it might very well be the case that they would just kind of have to pick like, like they can either aim to, to do their best in Taiwan or they recognize China as a larger market and they make the practical choice to piss off Taiwan instead. Cause somebody's going to get mad no matter what on this issue. Well, my main, my main issue with this is that, okay, well, if you, like, what are these uh, people who are, uh, the Americans who are mad at him? What, what are you mad at him? What are you mad about? Are you mad that the Chinese people got mad or are you mad that he apologized? Because if, if they're mad, if their stance is he shouldn't have apologized and if that means uh, Fast 9 tanks in China, then so be it. I can I can, I can right. get with that. Being like, right. yeah, you know what? Sure. Uh, that's perfectly acceptable. But if their stance is uh, the Chinese have no right to get mad at this and they should accept our cultural ambassadors and products even if they don't like I it then that. that's yeah well yeah. that's total bullshit because you have no you have no uh, right to the to the chinese market just like china has no right to the to the american, american market no, yeah. exactly exactly the the hypocrisy i mean as usual the hypocrisy is on full display mm-hmm. and i i think there is something very jarring because like americans have this whole uh, complex about uh, high-profile American figures, from you know presidents to actors, uh, who are you know basically the, the same. They play the same cultural function as as presidents, uh, in in representing our best and the brightest. Remember that whole like Obama apology tour that, that the right wingers never ever forgave him for uh, when he went around uh, his Middle East tour uh, shortly after his, uh, 2008 victory. This has like the same flavor, except it's even worse because. Um, China is is much more of a, a threat uh, for American dominance than the Middle East ever was. Uh, so it's like um, like for so long, uh, American tastes have dictated what uh, people around the world could say or do. It, it didn't even have to get to the point of, you know, apology. Like it, it mm-hmm. like you already knew what what you had to do to like you know break into the American market or, or things like that. You mm-hmm. had to you know totally learn a different language. You had to. I don't know, play up stereotypes about your own people. I mean, you, you we've already heard stories of, you know, how like Asian actors and actresses were treated when, when they came to Hollywood. I think Jackie Chan has, has stories about how this is when he was, you know, the, like the most famous star in Hong Kong. He comes to uh, Hollywood and they're just like, oh, you know, uh, know your place. You're, you're nobody here. We're going to just treat you just like, you know, basically like a stuntman, you know, that that's all you are here. So for the for now, uh, people to be like, oh, you know, poor uh, Hollywood superstars, they have to, you know, e- you know, eat shit a few times. Like, what the fuck? I, that's I, I'm not gonna die on that hill. I don't I don't give a damn. Yeah. Like, <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. Like, did China overreact? I mean, probably. Uh, you know, China overreacts all the time, but yeah, that's not my problem. Like, like, uh, you know, to to throw my body in the line for Hollywood. Fuck that. If you were Cena, you mean? Hmm? If you were in his position. 
No, uh, people who are trying yeah. to make this into a moral crusade, like uh, we must, yeah. we must stop. Um, you know, we must protect the dignity of of Hollywood against China. Like, first of all, Hollywood <laughs> never had any dignity. <laughs> <laughs> this is just the same shit, except now the flow is reversed. And whatever, you know. As I said, I don't really care. Yeah, I think F nine will do fine in China. Well, that's it the will. thing. For the Fast and the Furious franchise is like the one American franchise that does very well in China. Star Wars fail. All the Disney remakes fail. Well, Marvel um, does well. Like the oh yeah, yeah. Marvel and stuff. Fast and Furious. Like the the biggest dumbest movies do well in China, which uh, explains explains it. And I I think if this means less uh, American entitlement into China and just like around the world in in general, realizing that you can't just um, you know, there's like too many landmines. Maybe it's not even worth it. So America kind of like stays out of China's sphere and, and China stays out of America's sphere in terms of like cultural stuff. I think that's probably good in in the long run. They're like, it's it's good that, you know, each country exerts more independence for, uh, for of its media. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Mm, I kind of, I don't know. I see the, hypoc- the, the hypocrisy continuing because oh, I, for I, sure. I just we'll, don't we'll think, continue. you know, Hollywood is going to give up the chance to... Uh, Nope. Both criticize China and, you know, try to profit in China. Well, yeah. Yeah, I agree. I think I think Hollywood will continue to try to bully. Um, but I don't know if they'll be successful. I just don't right. think that... While the, accusing the CCP yeah. of being the bullies. Yeah, exactly. I, I just don't think that... I don't think that'll work. I think it worked uh, in other times, but times have changed. Well, well the, the, the new right wing... Well, the right wing has always hated Hollywood, but their new attack on Hollywood is that it's actually too obsequious to China. I think they're they're blaming everything from you know the the disaster of the new Star Wars movies to um, <laughs> wait yeah, China is to blame for <laughs> yeah China is to blame for everything oh, yeah I, I think they I the think Chinese I, they blame, they basically blame feminism <laughs> in China for why movies suck right. now. Uh, too many, too many women mm. uh, in lead roles and being really annoying in those roles and uh, uh, China. Uh, you know, meddling in scripts and all that. So, right, it, the it, Chinese censors. You know, there's yeah, it's it's this just flailing. Um, and I think it's it's mainly uh just uh insecurity at the at the waning influence yeah. of just like American soft power. Yeah, mm-hmm. for sure, dude. Uh, like on that note, like, do you know how ridiculous it gets? Is like uh even like League of Legends, people complain that like Riot is going to design certain characters to placate the Chinese market and this and that and. It's like, dude, like, it's not that serious, you know, like people are just designing characters based on what they want and what the market supports, you know, and there's no fucking like conspiracy theory that, uh, you know, that like just because like a Chinese company invested that all of a sudden they control everything about the creative direction of something. Yeah, I mean, it, it's it's got to be like a very startling uh, feeling of loss of control. I mean, first they you know they got they got like the SJWs taking away their beloved heroes and emasculating them or whatever. Then you got the 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 chinks across the ocean now taking charge. They're like, oh my god, um, you know this used to be our this used to be our thing. We got to uh, make everyone we got to right. create everyone's taste. And you know, especially as like and as I said. This game's never been fair, right? So it's like, yeah. especially as like an Asian American, after all the bullshit Hollywood's done to pretty much almost every group imaginable, now now they're crying, being like, "Fuck, fuck off," you know, <laughs> like like that, we that's care. What, yeah, I mean, that's yeah. what really that that part of it really is what gets me as well is that they like to try to make it seem like they never had any sort of third rail topics or they never tried to control sort of the narrative at all to enter like the United States market. I'm like, 
that is just not that's not true like it's just blatantly they, of course they've done that uh and maybe it was at a time where like it wasn't so obvious because there was no social media or whatever but there have always been rules they've it's always been political yeah so or it's just, um, or is it, or it's like you never even had a hope of breaking in because you yeah. like didn't know English or you know you like uh, exactly the, the cultural nuances you you wouldn't get unless you were American. So now um, now you don't get to monopolize a thing anymore. Uh, so the just as I said, it's not. I'm not saying it's fair that China overreacts to everything, but it sure. is uh, more. I think evening the playing field. And if you, I think if you don't like it, then just give up on the Chinese market. Just say fuck you to the Chinese market and just like don't. Don't uh, expect them to buy your stuff, and problem solved. I think go on um, your merry way. There yeah. you go. <laughs> yeah, and I think that would be uh, j- probably pretty good for just American culture in general. Just being a bit more domestic and focusing more on more culturally specific things instead of trying Staying to always in our own lane. <laughs> yeah, really, ex- instead of always trying to make blockbusters and shit like that. Um, I-, I think that's probably good in the long run. I think it would get boring though. I mean, it's boring now though, because like everything is just, you know, like cause I think everything is, is just true. made Actually, to please yeah, everybody. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, there is that point. Yeah. So anyway, that's the John Cena thing. If you guys have any more uh, comments, let me just pipe in later. But uh, moving on, getting a bit more local, New York City. Uh, taking was, our own advice. Yeah, yeah, taking our own advice. Good point, Adam. <laughs> um, last week there was a kerfuffle because uh, so on this. So this has to do with the mayor race. Andrew Yang was on this interview with Z-Way, who is this black female comedian. And she asked him a bunch of questions, one of which was, you know, what's your favorite subway stop? And he said, well, you know, Times Square is my stop, uh, meaning he lives around the area. So that's my favorite stop. And some people thought this was a really lame answer. And then um, the New York Daily News yeah, had this Real cartoon. New Yorkers don't go to Times Square. Right? <laughs> I haven't heard uh, that well, story. Like a whole, okay. yeah. th- this raised a whole bunch of like really interesting issues. I- I'll get to that, but I'll just explain what <laughs> happened. And then the New York Daily News ran this cartoon where Andrew Yang was like running out of the Times Square uh, station. And there was like tourist hawkers being like, oh, here comes another tourist. Oh, yeah. And then uh, Yang's campaign... Uh, issued a statement saying these persistent attacks this was not an isolated incident about andrew yang not being a new, real new yorker even though he was like born in new york and he's lived in new york city for like the last 20 years but people keep denying him like real new yorker status is you know at the very least somewhat re- racially tinged and so i was thinking i was wondering what your guys' thoughts were on this like when you because this has been something that people have been accusing Andrew Yang of uh, from the beginning. Like, what are your thoughts when you when you hear something like that? I, can I ask? I mean, I have a couple questions. Yeah, yeah, go ahead. So, so as like, the, I'm as not the a non-New Yorker. Yeah, I'm not a New Yorker. Like, what? How? How, how significant is a subway? Like, favorite subway stop? Like, I, well, that's the thing. I'm that's asking not myself, very, like, what's my favorite Muni stop or or Bart stop? And like, it doesn't matter. Like, my favorite is where I'm trying to go. Yes. <laughs> well, that, yes. that that's a very good point because uh, people. Uh, made that point being like wait a minute like why would you have a favorite subway stop in the first place especially <laughs> yeah. in new york city it, maybe it's like a ridiculous because it's like a i don't know if that's actually a subway stop but like well, see, that's it an is, amazing the, irony is that, that, that is the most supremely tourist answer to say yeah. grand central because I, that, that I mean that's the only one i know even but well, yeah. well exactly exactly I, I think grand central is i heard the number one most um photographed location for tourists how, how about the city? train depot down by uh the high line <laughs> <laughs> the, the the kebab thing or uh the, oh, the, 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 the beehive 
Yeah, the whatever that that big oh, ugly building they had to shut down because too many yeah. people jumped off it. Yeah. Okay. Oh, that's sad. Yeah, I have sad. no idea what you're talking. Wait, wait, Adam, to commit suicide or to like? It's the big sculpture yeah. that's at Hudson Yards. The big Hudson oh, Yards. The, oh, the oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The shawarma. The, um, oh yeah. The shawarma. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's the same color as the shawarma in the shape. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. That. Um, yeah. That no, thing is no, hideous. No, no, nobody's photographing that piece of garbage. Yeah. No. But yeah, because like New York subway stations are all equally ugly. They're There's full like of one, shit and piss, and no one like has one a favorite one. that may be a little less ugly, but all, this is not like. This is not the Moscow Metro, okay? This is like it's horrible. And in <laughs> it's fact, not Seoul Metro, that's for sure. In fact, in fact, the type of person who actually has a, a favorite subway stop, guarantee you, is like a recent transplant who is still in love with the city. These are the type of people who will seriously say shit like, "I have a relationship. My relationship with New York City, it's like through the, the subway." Only right answer, and I, I'll give credit to Andrew Young for this. The only sane answer to give to that station is uh, the one that's closest to me, because that's to the that one question, that yeah. I take to come home. <laughs> Because that, hey, I'm a man of the people. I don't take fucking Uber. I don't take you know or like any kind of mm-hmm. company cars. I take the subway like like real people, and I love my local stop because that means I'm almost home. That's the only right. sane yeah. answer you should be able right. to give. Uh, but anyway, um, as I said, this was not the first time he's been accused of this. And you know, uh, to be fair to his critics, uh, Yang has also tried to play up this uh, you know silly you know I I love. I he tried to play like like that thing where he he tries to be like a New Yorker and give off that image. So you know it goes both ways as well. But anyway, but every said, candidate does that, right? It's not just Yang who tries to do that. Yeah. So anyway, uh, I mean, uh, just straight up question: Did you think that th- that cartoon and this whole sentiment is racist? Definitely. You think I mean, so? it, it reminds me of um, the birthers with Obama. Mm-hmm. 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 Yeah. Same thing, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah, that's a good point. I hadn't thought of that. That said, I will say, I wish he hadn't said Times Square. <laughs> <laughs> but that's where he lives, right? It's like, well, I yeah. know, but it's like, yeah, I don't know. I, um, such a love-hate relationship with Andrew Yang. <laughs> I've already decided I'm, I'm going to vote for him. Okay. okay. So he's number one in your rank choice. Yes. Yeah, However, it is with reluctance and he does seem to keep doing things that are disappointing. <laughs> saying you know just being kind of annoying but being annoying you know um and kind of basic you know which is sure he has these very basic takes about stuff which is frustrating but i think ultimately like i, I watch i don't did you guys watch part of the um any of the first debate are you crazy why would i watch <laughs> i know it was so weird it was such no, a weird I debate not. i don't know i um i just remember i tuned in kind of late so i had to go back and watch part of the beginning but I, when I tuned in, I was like, who are these weirdos? Like, these are the, this is like such a weird group of people. And they're running for New York, the mayor of New York. That is really problematic. I think you have to, on a, on a deep level, I think you have to uh, be like a self-hater. Maybe even have like suicidal tendencies to want to be mayor of New York. There is no wow. good outcome. <laughs> well, that's the to, other question, right? Who runs for mayor? You got, I mean, there's something got to be wrong with, with something wrong with your, your brain cells to, to want this job that has not ended good. For like the last well, two to three yeah. people, um, I mean, well, look, look what's happened to or anyone really. I mean, <laughs> yeah, what happened to Bloomberg? Uh, he just got totally clowned by Trump. That's gonna be on his epitaph. Uh, Rudy Giuliani, <laughs> um, billionaire it, and clown. <laughs> it, it, but they amassed a lot of that, money. That, uh, that Borat scene. True. I mean, that, that's what um, among the many uh, embarrassing things people are gonna remember him for. That black drip. That time is like oh. yeah, yeah. Oh, Giuliani. Away. Yeah, with the with that the was hair really dye. Bad. Yep. <laughs> But I mean, you have to be pathologically ambitious 
to think to to run for mayor of New York because it's never your end goal. No one's like. But that's the thing I'm saying. It's been it's been a disaster for everyone who's occupied that position for like the last few cycles. So I don't disagree, but it's still seen as like a pathway to power. I think. Yeah. Maybe, but I I think I think people are just really. I think people have to. I think you make a good point, Chris. That yeah, that people need to recalculate. Yeah, but I still think people (laughs) doesn't seem to be working. Yeah, it doesn't seem to be working, but at least not for beyond that. Right. Yeah. But anyway, uh, Adam and John, what do you guys think? Do you think this cartoon, or not just this cartoon, but this whole sentiment, is is it racist? Andrew Yang not being John. Did you want to go or? Yeah, sure. Um, Yeah, I think that one, the cartoon is racist. Yeah. Um, Just look at it. I mean, and then the the incident. I mean, how many times has it come up that like is Yang a New Yorker or not? Like, just really simply, you know, like if he was born there and he lives there, he's a New Yorker. And, um, and like how many articles does there have to be? Like if it's, if it's, yeah, I, I do think it's racist. I think that, uh, the fixation on it is, you know, just another, another example of like, you know, perpetual foreigner phenomenon and this and that we've talked about it so many times. Simple. Yes. For me. Yeah. So I, yeah, I, I, I do agree that the treatment of him, um, both for the uh, is he a New Yorker, not a New Yorker, definitely has it definitely racist. The uh, particular political cartoon, the first time I saw it, I didn't, I don't, maybe I just wasn't in a mental state to be like, is it like thinking, is this racist or not racist? Um, like I do for most things, but for whatever reason, when I was looking at it, I did not think about that. But um, I saw that like people like Ron Kim and other people on Twitter and social media. We're pointing it out, and when I looked at it again, yeah, I could, de- I can definitely see, and I agree that um, it's a, it's a racist political ad, um, and I, uh, I just think that, like the whole, are they a New Yorker, not a U- New New Yorker? Um, it's just, it's incredibly silly. It's like, additionally, like so, an earlier incident that happened uh, before the whole subway <laughs> favorite subway stop thing was I think someone probably asked him what's like your favorite New York restaurant or something like that. Mm-hmm. And I think he said Shake Shack. No, he said favorite New York burger. New York burger, right. Yeah. Okay. So then, and then he he said Shake Shack was his favorite New York burger. And people were making fun of him for that. <laughs> and and I'm like, look, first of all, Shake, Shake Shack, Shack was delicious. founded in New York. So it would be my like top what's three the in New York. problem. Mm-hmm. I mean, okay, yeah. maybe it's a little basic. Like you're saying, Millie, <laughs> a lot of his answers are basic, but uh, I'm not looking to see whether he's got the most esoteric knowledge of New York City eateries. Um, you know, uh, so I just find it and maybe it's because he's high profile. Um, but I think just the, the fixation on this <clears throat> definitely has a racial element. My first instinct was like, that's a really weird question. And I'm like, wait, wait a minute. Am I actually a New Yorker? Should I have a favorite one? But I'm like, no, I don't. Because why would I have a favorite subway stop? It's just a weird question. I've never heard anyone of my friends when I was living in New York, like, say, oh, I have a favorite subway stop. Right. I, I will say I grew up in New York and I have several favorite stops. Okay. And I have, and I have a favorite train line as well. Yeah, but is that because like you like the nature of the line, or is it just because of like you grew up there and like? I, I think it has to do with how well you know the city. You know, maybe that's part of it. Um, okay, and then maybe. Wait, yeah, so, so, what are your favorite stops then? Astor Place on the six. Well, I like that because it's it's the second closest stop. 
uh, to me. And it, 42nd you know, Street uh, and 7th, uh, 42nd Street and 6th. Okay. Um, on the F7 or 7. The 7 is my favorite train. Um, it, it's a very reliable train for one thing. It goes to, it also, you know, connects Queens and Manhattan. So I spend a lot of time. Childhood okay. on that train. Okay. It has a really nice view, you know, when you come out of Grand Central, you know, okay. like Hunter's Point. All right. See, the view part seems to be more connected to like the train itself. Like the line. It depends on the line. Of the line. Mm-hmm. But you just said, like, oh, it, it's also it, the uh, type yeah. of people who ride the seven, which, ha- okay. which is obviously connected to, you know, who lives on the neighborhoods. Mm-hmm. Right. <clears throat> serviced by the seven. Okay. Who lives in those neighborhoods. So I, I, I kind of get where they're coming from. I mean, I, I also get where you guys are coming from. It's kind of a dumb question. To, to be fair, though, did she, did, did the interviewer make fun of Yang or is it other viewers? No. Right? Other viewers yeah, were. So but- like, I, maybe it's a dumb question, but, you know, she shouldn't catch. Is she? No, I'm uh, not saying she should. I'm not saying she should. I'm just saying that no one's actually like critical of, of anyone else. And I find also that the, sort of weird. Also, yeah. the Z-Way herself, like the character she plays, I think, in this is basically like a dumb interviewer. So she's yeah. supposed to ask dumb questions. Right, so okay. So the fact that she asked this question is making fun of the question itself, but it's yeah. it's just like this weird Twitter crowd who, you know, just really... I mean, that's the problem. Like, like one of the reasons I don't want Andrew Yang to win is I think he's going to feed this, this like... um this pond scum of uh, internet people who are going, cause he's by far the most socially media relevant candidate. Like sure. nobody else yeah. even registers. Uh, so him winning will uh, just, just be like, you know, like all those like bottom dwelling sea creatures that, that eat the, uh, the snow, like the decomposing matter that fly down. That's going <laughs> to be snow. Yang as a mayor. <laughs> and I also don't think he'd be a good mayor anyway. I think he's like, I mean, too like nice of a cat, guy. Like catfish? Catfish are bo- uh, bottom dwelling, bottom, bottom feeders. feeders. Well, don't, but don't catfish live in lakes? I'm talking about like the ocean. <laughs> oh, okay. The marine snow. That's the term I'm talking Down about. Marine snow. Oh, marine snow. snow. I yeah. didn't know that was a term, marine yeah. snow. That's a real term. What yeah. is that? Yeah. Huh. It's okay. So if you've ever watched these documentaries about, you know, deep sea creatures, um, mm-hmm. they, you'll see that underneath the ocean, it's basically all black, but you'll see this constant stream of just like white matter. Detritus. Yeah. And that's all decaying dead animals uh, who live in the upper layers of the ocean, all decomposing and falling down. And all the, all the like hideous creatures that live on the, the ocean floor <laughs> eat that that's their sustenance okay so who yeah. is who in the in the so i'm saying like this metaphor? whole like twitter ecosystem need uh yang to provide the marine snow to uh, be relevant uh, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, whereas yeah. if someone like catherine <laughs> garcia who uh is apparently like the front runner now at least according to a couple of polls if she wins she's boring as hell no one no no there's no social media uh, goal to be derived from her, which I think is a good thing. I would, right. so I, it would just be a circus if he won. And uh, as I, I think he's a nice guy, I, I, and I think that's what's going to make him a bad mayor. And I'd rather not see him put in that position. So that's one reason I can't vote. But if I did, that's why I wouldn't vote for him. One of the main reasons. Um, as for mm. what I think, I think the I think the cartoon itself is not racist in that it, it just picked up this lazy joke, and I doubt the the cartoon is even really delve deeply into the issue some people said okay. Andrew yang uh was caricaturized like by having like small eyes but you know what that he does have small eyes like most asians that's not a bad thing let's not let's not like self-own ourselves by being offended by our own yeah. ethnic features but i do think this whole questioning of him as a real new yorker it reveals the fact that 
in order to be like a, a, a native New Yorker, there's only it's a very extreme thing because you have either very, very rich people uh, who are native New Yorkers or it's, it's more like working class people. And the most people in the middle are transplants because most people um, don't fit into those categories. I you think, know, like, yeah. But isn't New York City mostly like a lot of transplants? Well, yeah, yeah. So the only I, th- I think if you're a native New Yorker, you're probably like really rich or kind of like very working class. Right. Like you, right. there are very few kind of like middle class native New York City people. And I think there is this uh, thing where if you see the kind of like an Asian white collar person, you just assume that they are transplant. Chances are they probably are, uh, you know, who came and they're moving into like Midtown to work at like a big four accounting firm or a law firm or that thing. And there is there is probably this kind of like aversion and uh, disdain for those types of people, even from other transplants. Because like, uh, there's a lot of transplant on transplant violence, at least um, on social media, where everyone's trying to one up <laughs> each other, trying yeah. to prove their yeah, yeah. bona fides. Even though you're all, you're all just oh, so what? You you live your seven years versus like four years. Who cares? And, and you know the the most like anti gentrifying people are gentrifiers themselves because they're right, very insecure. Right. But so it's that bullshit. And I think in that battle the kind of Asian that Andrew Yang is, which is like like a white collar normie kind of Asian, is the lowest man on a totem pole, totem pole which is why it's really it's really annoying um, and kind of pathetic seeing some of these like blue check Asian American types uh, being like, I'm gonna I'm gonna bully Andrew Yang online. Like shut the fuck up. Like you you got bullied too. <laughs> There's this great Simpsons clip in which uh, Martin Prince becomes kind of like cool for a day, and uh, he's like. He like pushes uh, like another nerd into the into the bathroom, and he's like, "The thrill that it wasn't me, you know." Right, like, right. That's the thing I get. So be like, "Shut the fuck up." <laughs> that's funny. <laughs> Who would have thought that pushing a boy into the girl's laboratory could be such a thrill? The screams, the humiliation, the fact that it wasn't me—I've never felt so alive. Great, Martin. Yeah, we're we're yeah. all we're all transplants. We're all outsiders. We're all Asians. We're all chinks right. here. Other, so. than, other than Millie, <laughs> Millie's the. the He's for Millie. Yeah, um, I, I am so a that, chink, however. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> right. Well, I mean, let me make it clear. Like, I, I. I think that Andrew Yang could be a fine mayor, but I feel like there would need to be some changes. So I don't know if he's capable of those changes, mm-hmm. and that's a little bit concerning. Um, I just I think he, you know, like if this question of whether he's a real New Yorker continues to come up, then one thing that he could do to help himself would be uh, to not be so diplomatic. Mm. You know, yes, he, he is yes. such a nice guy. He needs to grow a spine. You know, mm-hmm. that's this the is, real this New Yorker. Is, this is New York. He needs to be a lot tougher. <laughs> yeah. He can't be wishy-washy and, you know, be a people pleaser. Um, you know, I, I just think that quality is like that quality of people pleasing is actually deeply un-New Yorkerly. Mm. That's kind of a problem. Yeah. Especially for the leadership of New York. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, he can take a page out of Ron Kim's book, you know, I yeah. think Ron yeah. has done a great job of, um, you know, talking the talk and walking the walk. He's been on top of this nursing home situation with Andrew Cuomo since the beginning of the pandemic. Right. And right. he hasn't backed down. Pulled no punches. No exactly. punches were pulled. And I think that's, you know, very respectable. And the two of them are apparently friends. So I think Andrew should go to Ron for advice, you know? Well, yeah, no, Ron's a big booster of, of uh, Andrew. Um, There's also yeah. another guy running uh, for mayor, Art Chang. He's like yeah. pulling at like 0.5%. Oh, yeah. But I like know, Art Chang. Mm-hmm. 
I, he seems like a know, good guy, but you know, I, I think it's probably easy to come off as good when nobody was really paying attention to you. But you know, I mean, hopefully <laughs> he, he's, he's been invisible. And, um, yeah, hopefully he's for real. So. And maybe later uh, he'll rise to a, to another yeah. position. But actually, I want to get to that whole shake thing, and and which the subway <laughs> thing, I think was also somewhat revealing of it, is this. Um, I, I okay, so. Some of the worst people uh, online, like someone like a Jessica Valenti, got on this whole um, subway th- thing, and she, he, she would say something like, "Oh, I bet Andrew Yang's favorite pizza place is Sbarro's," which is obviously a play <laughs> on the, the Michael Scott thing. Which Andrew Yang has often been compared to. Probably is though. But, probably. God, but the there's a Sbarro's thing, in Times Square. There is. The stupid thing if you're doing that as an attack is guess what? People really like Michael Scott. You're not talking yeah. about David Brent, which is the Ricky Gervais version of the same character in The Office, who was really despicable. But Michael Scott, at the end of the day, is really good at his job. He really cares about his employees and is the hero of The Office whom people love. And if you're using that to attack your political opponent, I don't think that's a good comparison. And I think um, whatever uh, Andrew Yang's inexplicable popularity is, is the fact that people kind of like him. So attacking with Michael Scott uh, is is a very dumb move. But anyway, and oh yeah, in, in that same tweet, I think either she or someone else are like, oh yeah, and I bet his favorite Italian restaurant is Olive Garden. And it's just like, <laughs> shut the fuck up. Like, <laughs> like that kind of attack is so irritating. And it's the, it's, if you're doing that to attack someone like Yang, it's only going to make him more popular. Because yeah. people are going to see that and be like, hey, I like the Olive Garden. Or they might be like, hey, where I live, you know, we, we don't have a fucking Mario Batali restaurant like right around the corner. I don't live next to what's that, what's that Italian market in Flatiron called? Um, Italy. 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 We don't have a fucking Italy yeah. around the block. Olive Garden might be the closest place to me. And you're going to make fun of me for that? Like, fuck you. So. Oh, but I was going to say, you know, one thing I did notice in watching the first mayoral debate was that. There were so many comments. So people, you know, this was, I watched it on New York one. What, yeah, uh, one. I can't remember which network it was, but there were comments being posted, you know, throughout oh, okay. uh, on the sidebar. And so many of them were pro Yang. Like live tweets and live comments. Yang. Yeah, exactly. Live yeah. comments that it was shocking. And then there were people saying he's the only one who's smart enough to do the job. Hmm. Oh. And I was like, hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that's a little weird maybe, to say. Maybe racism, maybe this is like the one case <laughs> where racism will just get him the job, you know? Well, he also ran Whether on we math, like it or not. Right? So. Right, of course. Right. So. I don't know. We might be stuck with him. I don't know, but it sounds like his ratings have fallen since, right? Because that debate was a few weeks ago. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah I, I mean, who knows how the race will go? As I said, I can't even vote. So, I mean, I, I but I just find. Andrew Yang, very interesting as a person and the kind of emotions he raises in people, especially in Asian Americans, also yeah. very interesting. So I just like observing him and, you know, just just like as a, as like a social experiment. <laughs> um, oh, there was also something uh, I think that the whole cartoon uh, raised an important issue of, because I think I saw Ron Kim tweet about this in which he said he didn't care about the intent of the cartoon as the outcome was that it made a lot of Asian Americans feel like it was racist. And I think uh, like, that's a critical debate in this. Like, so what, what, where do you guys fall on that? The whole intent versus outcome debate. I mean, just to refresh people's memories. Uh, there are people who say, you know what, as long as if someone say, has good intentions, but says something that might be offensive, you should be more understanding of that. Other people say, no, nah, uh, intent doesn't matter. Outcome is the only thing that matters. So if people get pissed off, 
that means it was racist. Where do you guys fall on that? I think it's hard to generalize, no? Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's sort of, yeah. Uh, because are, are we still talking about the cartoon incident? No, or just like in general. Just in general. Like a, no, that's like a, true. There's definitely cases where outcome is all that matters, right? Like, sorry, I didn't mean to crash the car and, you know, driving drunk and kill, like, okay, you know? <laughs> well, um, it would matter in what you're charged with. Like, no, you know, it, no, yeah, but I mean, like, Yes, that's true. That's true. But from my perspective, it doesn't really matter. The outcome is that you killed somebody, right? Like mm -hmm. uh, that a tragedy came of it. And I guess you're right. Like, okay, fine. What do you do after that? You have to charge him and there has to be some kind of accountability to what extent. So so you're right. It, it does matter there. Uh, but my question, I kind of is like, like at least as far as this um, specific cartoon is concerned, is like what was the intent anyway? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, political cartoons are not sort of these innocent creations that are just sort of there, right? So, yeah, yeah. what the I don't what was the intent? Yeah, yeah it's a what good is question. The what is the statement that the cartoon is trying to make? It didn't. It was not clear to me personally. But are you saying that it is a very case by case? I am matter? saying that it, it's hard. I, to... I, I agree with Amelia that it it is like hard to generalize. Um, but then also more specifically, like if I were to try and apply that to this specific case i don't know what the intent was I, I don't get any like statement about yang his politics is like all i yeah I, I don't i don't understand what the intent was if it wasn't to like make him appear to be a foreigner to to paint him as a as an outsider yeah i do think I do think intent matters, and I do think there's a big danger. All these people who say outcome's the only thing that matters, it's going to burn you very soon as well. Because like somebody mm -hmm. out there is mm -hmm. going to either be opportunistic or like hypersensitive. Right. So even um, yeah. good faith people who you know really do want you know only outcome that only outcome matters stands to protect people, they're probably going to get taken advantage of. That's true. But also intent has to make sense. You can't honestly say, "Oh, I I had no idea." Um, you know, saying that Nazis are great is anti-Semitic. <laughs> you know, that's obviously right. total bullshit. That's like the a Holocaust most obvious Museum. example. Like, yeah. Right. Uh, so <laughs> intent has to make sense. So I, I think, John, that's what you're raising. Like, you yes. don't really know what the intent of this cartoon is to even make that judgment. Oh, I yeah. can believe that he, yeah. So also like political cartoons are, you know, really lazy often. Um, so he might really have had no intent and that he just had to crank something out and be like, oh, I saw something on Twitter today. So yeah, it's hard to judge. Yeah, I mean, I, I think the intent was definitely to paint Yang as an outsider. Now, if there was actually intent, if that intent was based on like a racial feeling or unconscious bias of Asians or um, perpetual outsiders, I don't know. The only thing I can say for certain is that it's definitely to say that he was an outsider, right? Um, so that was the intent of the, of the, that was the, I think 100% intent or the, the intent of the um, cartoon that is sort of, you can't argue that it wasn't. Um, but, you know, uh, it's going to be you, like the outcome of it is going to be some people are really pissed, others aren't. And then, you know, people are going to use it as a, as a political tool, right? One way or the other. Um, but yeah, it, yeah. But you make a good point, Chris, that like people have to be careful what they wish for, wish for sometimes when it comes to these like black and white, Intent is only the th is the only thing that matters versus outcome is the only thing that matters because it's never one hundred percent one way or the other. Uh, Mill, do you have anything to add to that? I do want to hit a couple of our last topics as time yeah. is winding down. Real quick, no. 
Okay. Uh, so uh, I want to hit up this like Vincent Chin podcast thing. Talking and, and, about oh bottom boy. feeders, celebrities. <laughs> and, and somebody else uh, brought up the Naomi Osaka French Open thing. Who, oh, who, God, who? I want to just yell about that, man. But okay, anyway, right. let's talk about the Vincent Chin thing because right. that, that was what pissed me off. Yeah, that's important. Earlier, uh, earlier oh, okay. this week. Well, I just, okay, so apparently I thought this Vincent Chin podcast would be something like a true crime documentary thing, but apparently nope. they're going to fictionalize it. In, it's yeah. It's like a radio play, which I find well, which is which is um like advertising for an actual stage play. Right. I, and I did just, not know that. Yeah, uh, that makes okay. this even dumber. Uh, yep. uh, okay, before we get into that, any Frasier fans here? You guys ever Oh yeah, Frasier? I watched Frasier, yeah. Yeah, remember that episode where they ch- try to put on a radio play, but it ends in a total disaster? Cause I don't remember that particular episode, but I can imagine the <laughs> Frasier brothers, Frasier and his brother trying to do that. <laughs> no, 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 Frasier drives everyone crazy because he becomes such like a, a nitpicky director. But uh, Well, so yeah, because isn't his play, job as like a radio well, shrink? He's a, he's a radio, he's a radio shrink. Yeah, yeah. so yeah. His, his station puts on a radio play. So when I think of radio plays, I think of that episode. <laughs> so I just thought I would throw that out there. Anyway, but yeah, so this is... Basically, like a podcast play. It's fictionalized. Yep. A Remy He of um, what's he most famous for? Uh, no idea. <laughs> no idea. But he was he was in a, I think a couple of TV shows. Um, he is playing Vincent Chin, and uh, I think what's her name Kelly Marie Tran's also in it. And uh, Gemma Kai, Chan produced Kai it. Ma, mm-hmm. Yeah, Gemma Chan's producing it. Um, Rosalind Chow is in it. David yeah, so, David Harbor. I don't know um, who those people are, so it doesn't matter. David Harbor. So, yeah. Anyway, so these people are are in this like fictionalized podcast, and, and the weird thing is Helen Zia, who's a famous Asian American writer and like an activist who really led the charge, uh, yeah. I think years long charge to bring yeah. charges against Vincent mm-hmm. Chin's murderers, said neither she nor Chin's family was contacted. For Dude, that it's is. even weirder. Helen Zia is a character in well, this she, play. Well, obviously she should be because yeah. you can't tell the Vincent Chin story without her. So they so, didn't even they didn't even contact her to be like, can you play yourself? Yeah. Well, well, maybe she wouldn't have to play herself, but you would think they would at least interview her and be like, "Hey, can you, you know, just check if or the script is it okay is right? if we yeah. write something about Or is about okay? You? But so this, this is just weird. I, I think it, it is following in the footsteps uh, of this, like mining these racial atrocities mm-hmm. as basically yep. intellectual property. Yeah, and like oh, the you know slavery, Jim Crow, the death, the, the assassination of like Fred Hampton, um, Malcolm X. And, I, and I'm, saying, I'm not saying that you cannot make great art of it. I think Spike Lee's Malcolm X movie, for example, is great. But, you know, in these recent times, it's just very suspicious. It's just like you're just optioning it, them as if they're comic books. What yeah. do you guys think? I mean, not just intellectual property, but as entertainment. Yeah. 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 I mean, I personally don't understand how they could have not contacted the Chin family about it. Mm-hmm. Is that isn't that illegal? <laughs> I'm sorry, I I don't Maybe understand not. how this how. Um, well, it's not like it's a fictional work cop uh, protected by copyright, so I don't know what law there would be. Uh, you know, but except you're the law about of good who are courtesy. Still alive. And yeah, I mean, right. Even if it wasn't, even if there is no actual, even if it's not a legal issue, it, it would simply be an issue of respect. Yes. Yeah. You mm-hmm. know, we're creating this yeah. project about Vincent. And, you know, we would love for you to be okay with it. Here's what we're planning to do, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so I, I just, I find that to be really just in poor taste for them to have not done that. But also guys, watch out. There's another series. There's another project in the works about Vincent Chin as well. Oh, is there? Uh, it's a limited series at Amazon. Hmm. I'm okay. just like, oh, Does Jeff no. Chan have anything to do with this? Is this like a... No, no. no. Yeah, was, this is another project. It's oh, with... That's a different um, one. Okay. Yeah, she was salty it, about not being in CRA, right? 
No, Gemma Chan was in Sin. Oh, she was. Gemma Chan, did you even watch that movie? She was. No, I didn't. It was Jamie Chung who was salty about Jamie Chung was, yeah. I forgot who it was. No, but so, I mean, it's even so, it's even worse. So, like, this is a table read of a feature screenplay, and they basically are just doing this podcast to drum up uh, uh, publicity to hopefully get the movie made. So it's not even like they really care about this particular podcast thing. Mm-hmm. They're just doing it to be like, oh, we got all these really famous people Dude. to do to read the pl- the the screenplay, what and hopefully draft. that'll get people to give us money to make the movie. That's even worse. But but the thing is, why would anyone want to watch a Vincent Chin movie? No, I know. Um, I just, think it's. Imp- I don't. No, I think I that's fine. Yeah. I just don't. I mean, it, the way they're doing it is what's yes incredibly uh, awful. Like you don't. Yeah, I mean, because it, it goes to your point, Chris, about how like they're just mining uh, the tragedy of a person, it, and it wouldn't need to be even a tragedy of this sort of um, racial importance, but like could be a, a, the murder of anyone, uh, and then to to sort of just use it as and and not talk to anyone involved, like the family, friends. Uh, it's just incredibly disrespectful, um, and. Because like I can totally support trying to teach about Vincent Chin. Yes, but, absolutely. But I'm guessing when when they're trying to make a movie out of it, it's going to be. I'm gonna guess it, it's gonna be kind of like very. By it's not gonna be some wildly artistic interpretation of the or, it, or be, somehow like um, academic and or not academic, but like really investigating sort of what can we learn from it and like new angles of like analysis. It's just sort of like. A backdrop for drama. It just it just reveals this like Hollywood mindset that things aren't real until we make a movie out of, about it. Things don't matter until we make a movie out of it, which I guess is kind of true. But it's it's like I think they have cause and effect backwards here again. Like the reason why people make movies is because it, it is often something that people just feel very. It's something that's so like steeped in culture that it just has to express itself out but i think uh, these people are trying to reverse engineer it as saying oh you know what not enough people care about vincent chin if we mm-hmm. make a great mm-hmm. movie out of it cast a, a hot dude as vincent chin um and and maybe even like embellish his story maybe people will care and i guess it could you know that's kind of what braveheart did for william wallace he was a total nobody now like scotland <laughs> maybe that's what they're trying to go for but it's also weird a uh, like weird. story bookification of history which some mm-hmm. people might argue is all what history is but just seems odd that it's like I don't know if people want to watch. Like a lot of black people complain that too much of black uh, contemporary black culture is all just trauma porn. Yeah, yeah. mining that. I wonder if Asian Americans are headed down the same place because we just like, yeah. I mean, yeah. our current trajectory for sure is right. Like so much, a lot. Uh, I mean, we've talked about this before. How like you know our our grievances aren't taken seriously until we prove just how badly we've been been wronged right how badly we've been wronged yeah um and there's like it become like there's a a, like a higher and higher bar you know that has to be met and so we we go no you don't understand this happens and this happens and right so yeah for sure we're headed in that direction millie Um, you're the filmmaker here like what's your thoughts well i still can't get over the whole you know not bringing his estate into it yeah um that's a major turnoff for me and I just, I don't even know if I am going to want to watch either of these projects. Yeah. yeah there is no, we are not <laughs> obligated. I know like initially when 
Crazy Rich Asians came out, you know, and there was a few, there were a few different, it was Crazy Rich Asians and searching, you know, and there was this big push for Asians to support these Asian projects. Yeah. And um, I, I, I don't know, I'm over it. Did, yeah. You know, we yeah. are not obligated to support projects that are, you know, disrespectful of the family. Right. Um, and are just sensationalizing the whole thing. CRA did really well, right? Yeah, yeah. I, I still recall. stand by okay, that. Great. So it's we made our point. Movie, there's, there's money to be made in the market now. Make stuff that we like, mm-hmm. or that like you know that re- represents us correctly. Yeah. I, I mean, our our last uh, Escape from Planet episode was all about opportunism and stop Asian hate. This smells a lot like opportunism. Mm-hmm. Being like, hey, this is our the closest we have to like a like a slavery slash Jim Crow story. So yeah, let, let's yeah, uh, I guess let's mine yeah. it for all. I don't it's know worth. about that, but yeah, it's definitely like a, mm. a significant event in mm-hmm. when it comes yeah. to you know racism directed at Asians. Or like our Emmett Till moment, kind of our equivalent Maybe of that. Something, yeah, yeah, I, that, I know. I yeah. find that sort of disrespectful to that stuff too. Like, I don't, I don't think we need to compare mm-hmm. it to something else for it to right. be important. Um, I'm not saying you are, Chris. I'm just saying like that instinct to necessarily say it's this of that. Yeah, um, it's disrespectful of of our history, like uh, Asian American history in America, and of Black history in America. Like we should be able to just realize that it's bad in and yeah, of itself. Yeah, they're both terrible, terrible events. Yeah. Here's a question. Uh, let's say this pro- this project and the other project. Uh, I don't know much about the second one, so I'm just going to talk about the podcast mainly. Which I didn't. Let, yeah, I didn't know that second one. Okay. Anyway, yeah. Uh, let, let's say that they do to, like open a conversation uh, correspondence with Helen Zia and the estate. Uh, would you guys feel differently about the project? No, or I just think the project like itself is weird. It's too late for me. Yeah, it's mm. kind of too late. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm I'm going to be really pissed if they're not good. Yeah, <laughs> you know yeah, that's yeah. just adding insult to injury. So it almost makes me like afraid to watch them. You know, or to I just have a problem with the subject matter itself because I think there's no way you you're going to be allowed to take any risks. So it's going to have a very right. TV movie, uh, by the book, uh, hit all the you know adequate emotional moments kind of thing. So it's like, what's the point? You know, it's um. Like, yeah, yeah, let's just learn it in history books like we should. Yeah. We don't have to have a dramatization well, we don't of like hot people even. playing all the leads. And it's it's this weird, I think, need to glamorize history to try to make it matter. That's arguably like part of the reason, part of the motivation for it, right? Is that a lot of people don't learn it in history books. Yeah, so let's let's uh, encourage people to... Yeah. And I think that, that uh, operates at a very personal level. Like, leave it up to the parents <clears throat> to teach it. We don't need Hollywood being our mommies and daddies which i think is also another disturbing mindset a lot of these people yeah. have they look up to hollywood yeah. as our our parents um okay so we're uh okay let's talk about naomi osaka then as, yeah, as we're running the last, out of time adam yeah. you seem to be very passionate about this okay. tell us what's going on so um i don't know if well i guess for people's just um <clears throat> education um naomi osaka is a is a woman's tennis player uh, i think she's haitian and japanese um and uh, she do- she's not she doesn't play for the United States. I think she uh, represents uh, Japan. I think in the Olympics. Uh, in the Olympics, she's going to, and I think she she grew up in Japan. Anyway, so she's um, she might have uh, non uh, tennis fans might have might uh, know her from the fact that there was like a controversy. I think at the U.S. Open in like 2018 or 2019, 
where um, she ends up beating Serena Williams, but um, Serena Williams has um, a bit of an argument. There's an incident. And, uh, you know, so that might have been sort of the introduction of her. But Naomi Osaka is probably the most famous woman's um, tennis player other than Serena Williams. Um, And she announced just before the French Open, which just started today, um, that she was going to do no press. Um, it was affecting her mental health and she's like, I'll take the, fi- I'll pay the fines. Uh, and I just, I'm not going to do any press. So that was already pissing that pissed some people off because there's this weird parasocial relationship that I think some older fans, and I think the press definitely was pissed because, uh, they feel entitled to her, t- her, her, or, and all the athletes sort of attend, uh, uh, you know, time and just, energy. So that was pissing people off. And then today I saw that the four organizations for the four Grand Slams. And so the Grand Slams are the four most important tennis tournaments of the year. Um, The French Open, the US Open, Wimbledon, and the Australian Open. And uh, they put out a joint statement that said that if she continues to uh, refuse to do press, that um, there will be more consequences other than the fines up to default. So they would force her to withdraw from the tournament. Wow. Uh, And that is such bullshit. I mean, they would not have a a tournament without her. Um, People don't watch the French Open because they love uh, the French Open. Like most casual fans of of tennis do not watch tennis because they love the sport of tennis. They like they like the, the players and. If they not, if that player is not in the tournament, they just won't watch. Also, uh, do they, is this in their contract? Like, what? what so sort it's of- supposedly in the regulations of the tournament that you have to do these mandatory pressers. Uh, and I've always just been of the of the um, opinion that these things are just dumb. That you have dumb fuck journalists asking dumb fucking questions to athletes that have been putting, you know, been exerting themselves for the entertainment of the fans for the last, you know, three or four hours and for their whole lives, they're just entertainment. Yeah. Uh, and you go and you're going to ask them like, so Naomi, how did it feel to lose? Well, how do you think it feels for them to lose? Yeah. Like, what do you, what do you want from them? Yeah. Um, right, but so is I've your always, issue that she is getting fined or that she is uh, being threatened to k- get she, kicked out of the tournament? My, my, well, I think both, but what really sort of ticked me off is that they're going to, they're threatening to, um, make her withdraw from the tournament, basically kick her out of the tournament. And the the crazy thing is that in their statement, they're like, this is an unfair advantage. Everyone else is doing their quote unquote duty, but for her to just refuse and I guess have the monetary independence to be able to pay the $15,000 fine every time um, is an unfair advantage. And that um, these press events are integral to the growth of the sport. That's such bullshit. Um, It's such bullshit. Uh, and they would never do this if like a white, um, you know, uh, like if, if Azarenka or um, if like a Clint Clijsters was still playing or, or anything like that, they would never, ever do this and say, we're going to make her withdraw from the tournament. Um, it's it's not only racist, but I, I, I just think it's sexist. They would never do that if 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 like uh, Novak Djokovic was like, I'm not going to do the pressers. They they would not they would find him, but they would never be like Novak. You've got to go to the pressers, or we'll, we'll kick you out of the tournament. That would never fucking happen. 
Well, um, we've definitely seen like uh, like Marshawn Lynch had the you know famous line where you know, he would show up to a press conference. Yeah, so I'm just like, doing this so I not get fined. Yeah, uh, so there is this thing where yeah, the fine. I don't know if they would have said Marshawn Lynch, you can't play in the Super Bowl if you don't come to the press conference. I don't think they would have gone that far. But I don't think it's weird that they would have threatened to fine her. I think that's standard. No, for no standard they know that. She, and she, in her statement on Instagram, she's like, I know I'm going to get fined. I'm okay with it. But mm-hmm. I can't do these press events because they they affect my mental health and her game. Right? Yeah. That's yeah, her, I think, her job is to play tennis, not to talk to dumb fucking reporters. Right. right. Yeah, I, yeah. I do think, though, that especially a sport like tennis, which has like individual players... They, it, the growth of the sport does depend on stars being actual like personalities yeah, but, to the public. But yeah, the, often the questions are really dumb, and I think often they are used to probably provoke yeah. athletes into situations so that the writers will reporters have will something to, to write about, about. Yeah, like just, that they justify their existence and that the fact that they can actually just be a tennis reporter. Yeah, like it. And I agree, Chris. That yes. Um, the growth of certain some sports are more important. Uh, 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 depend more on individual athletes and their personalities, but we're not in the era. Uh, we're not in the '70s where there wasn't social media. No, Naomi Osaka is the mo- one of the most you know socially media savvy athletes. Like she's like a new generation, a new era of athlete, right? And she does more on her Twitter and Instagram and all that stuff to connect with the fans that actually matter. Right, the the grow the sport in the young audience, right? Than any any TV interview that she does after her match that none of her fans are watching anyway. Like they don't watch it on cable. So I get what you're saying, but the 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 media landscape has changed. It's simple, dude. It the they're they're salty that they're not going to make as much money off of her. That's what yeah, it is. absolutely. They just it's entirely selfish. Wait, how would they make like more... like if they don't have an interview, they don't have a story. If they don't have a story, well, what, yeah, you know? the journalist, the yeah, journalist. The journalist. It's yeah. not like I mean the tennis association. I, mean, I don't yeah, think the tennis association. They, no, there's probably, probably some is, kind of you know, no, the tennis association gets, or something like that. They get yeah, money. They probably get a cut. They probably get no. There's they probably get money. Some, yeah, it's probably all reciprocal yeah. in a way. Either but way, that, at the end of the day, friends. what they care about is their franchise. They care about how much how you know how many eyeballs this and that. It's it's totally selfish. No, this is probably about protecting the relevance and uh, yeah. just like the very relevance of sports journalists. That it's the, yeah, if but you it's, don't, if you're not there for the press conference, then what the hell are you there for? Yeah. Like anyone can say, oh yeah, she won, you know, three three matches to zero. Uh, it lasted forty minutes. You know, well, I right. mean, it, like, what they could do, do is they could, you know, they could watch the match and talk about what they saw with the match of their own opinion and be like. You know, that like this particular set was really uh, crucial in the match, you know, this and that. Um, right. But with a lot of these uh, sports journalists, they always love to uh, get into psychology, yeah, often making, making not stuff up about, about athletes, creating drama, because right. people don't really care about, they, they care a lot more about, ooh, is like Serena Williams didn't play well. Is she and her husband have, you know, but you know that kind those, of bullshit. Then, okay. Yeah. I would pose the question then, are those people fans of tennis? If this is about growing the sport of tennis, what's more important? Having a journalist that can watch a game, analyze it, and then have some interesting commentary on it? Or talk about the personalities in the sport? You know what I mean? Like, Well, I, I think the sad fact is probably kind of intertwined. And, and it, I'm not saying that that's good. And I think uh, if we, we can stamp right. out that. I mean, that's basically what the, the Kwame Brown uh, blow up was a lot about <laughs> because he was just sick of you know him himself just being used as, in this kind of gossipy 
uh, sports media culture that really um, it's one thing to say a player is not good, but to then basically use that to you know impugn his character and even in their families and stuff it is just like high school gossip that's what it all a lot of it comes down to yeah i mean it's it's just protecting the relevance or the it's just staving off the irrelevance of old school media when this you know and 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 the and their existence like if they were really truly savvy and they wanted to be sports journalists they could get on youtube or twitter or facebook live and spout the same things and, you know, if they want to have access to these athletes, then talk to the athletes representatives, make it like worth their time and make it, you know, to talk to you. Um, but they just they, they feel entitled to it. And uh, it it really it just really rubs me the wrong way. Um, and, you know, I, I don't think that the answer is we should force every athlete to do these. I think it should be the opposite. They should not have to do them. And if they if they're if they're gonna argue that it's about fairness now and every other athlete has to do it, my answer is not well make Naomi do it. No one has to do it. That's my answer. And if they really want to talk to the press, because some do like it, right? Some do like to go up there and talk to the press and like they need to make a name for themselves so that they're like, I'm gonna get in front of these people and talk about my game and show my personality. Fine. Let them do it. But don't don't force the people to do it if they don't want to do it. It just, it doesn't make any, you know, it, it, I would have been upset enough if she was just going to be fine. Like she was aware that she was going to get flack. She was going to get fined and that's okay. And it's not okay, but like she's aware of that. Mm -hmm. But for them to be like, look, we're not going to let you play tennis. That's, that's the line for me. Well, that's obvious. I think that's obviously a bluff. If she's not, I want want her to call their bluff. Their tournament. (laughs) I want her to. I would I love want her to if do that. she would tell them to fuck off and say, forget it, I'm not playing. Hell yeah. Yeah, she should need, be like, fuck you, I'm making my own tournament. She needs them, you know? Absolutely. She could, you know, just make your own tournament then. Like, there are other tournaments. I mean, why does she have to play this year in the French Open? She doesn't. Yeah. I mean, who, who else is in women's tennis? Like, like four women from like, Bulgaria and Serbia. Like, nobody really knows who they are. Yeah, she is the show, especially with like Serena Williams. She know, is the like future off, of women's tennis. Off the sunset. So, She's got so, leverage here. I, I, yeah. I would. It would be very entertaining if she called them on what is clearly a bluff. They're not gonna. They're not gonna like. Uh, oh my kick god! Her out, I would yeah. love it so much for um, her to be like, kick me out. Yeah, like yeah. that would be badass. I would love it. It'd be sure. so badass. Are you kidding me? <laughs> All right. Um, uh, okay. I I have to head out soon. So uh, any lasting? Yes. Any last comments on thoughts uh, or one on comment? What, talk? Yeah. Go ahead. Uh, speaking of bluffs or calling bluffs, I'm so happy that the whole like super league or whatever <laughs> collapsed. I'm so pleased. For soccer, right? <laughs> John, yeah. that was like two months ago. Where are you going? I don't, I'm just saying, I'm just commenting. Like, yeah, like, you know. Oh yeah, I remember you guys talking It's about a good this. trend. It's a good trend. <laughs> it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But anyway, uh, fucking Chelsea won the Champions League. I don't, even want, I don't want to talk about soccer. Thanks a lot, John. <laughs> just fucking Sorry, Chris. Uh, Chris is sorry, sad man. now, John. What have you done? <laughs> I, I, I'm just, I, you know what? I, I guess it's, you know what? City's like, it's that, that, that team's so corrupt anyway. And I guess I'm, I'm just glad that uh, Pulisic didn't score. That would have mm. been so insufferable. Nothing against the guy. I think he's a great player. But oh, just the, just the American sports yeah. sphere would have just been so insufferable. So I guess it's the best case scenario in that, Relatively speaking, the little guy won, and uh, Pulisic didn't uh, didn't score. So, <laughs> nor did he start. Nor did he start. So, 
Rumors Poch is coming back to Spurs, but you know what? Uh, enough soccer, as I said. I don't want to yeah. talk about it. Uh, it's great. A pleasure uh, potting with you guys. Yeah. Adam Millie next weekend. We're going to live it up upstate. That's right. John, that's, right. that's what you get for a living in yeah, Berkeley. Yeah, have fun. Maybe you'll get to join us. <laughs> some we'll other miss time. you, John. Maybe, maybe yeah, some we'll other time. We'll miss you, man. Yeah. All right. Uh, listeners, thank you for listening. We'll be back later this week with a bonus episode. Until then, good night, good day, whatever. <laughs> Take care. All right. Thanks, guys. Bye. Bye.